We welcome all of you. Sincerely, honestly, we welcome you in the precious name of the Lord. Today, we have visit from all over Europe, from Israel, from Africa, from various countries, and we would like that all those who are here today for the first time, that they just stand up now. Who is here today for the first time? Be welcome. Yes, also ministering brethren are in our midst. Our brother George from Kinshasa, our brethren from the Chad, just from everywhere. May the Lord God bless all. Brother Daniel is here from Romania, Brother Ondrasik from Slovakia, and all our brother, brothers from near and far, from all over Europe. May the Lord just bless us. Then I, I hope I noted it down without missing anyone. Brother Wahlström is sending greetings as always. Brother Graf is sending greetings. Brother Daniel from Cape Town is sending greetings. Brother Mbie from Bujimai is also sending greetings. Brother John from Bucharest. And today also Brother Yuri Kebernik is sending greetings to all of us. God has given him some, some rest now where, where he can really read now in peace the sermons of Brother Brenham. Then greetings from Russia, from Moscow, from Bielorussia, from the Ukraine, from Poland, just from everywhere, from Chile, many greetings from Kenya, special greetings. Brother Etienne Genton was in Armenia, and he and all there, they are sending greetings to us. Then, Brother Idoni from China phoned me. There they are listening. There they are tuned in now and they are having part in what is being proclaimed now. Then we have here a plenty of emails. Our brethren from Finland are sending greetings, especially our brother and sister Holviti. I was told that I should not mention names anymore. If I mention some names and other names not, then it's not good anymore. Then, Brother Bruce Clute is sending greetings from the university in Cape Town. Then, Susan and Anderson are sending greetings from New Zealand. There they are tuned in now. What is it there? Five o'clock in the morning. They are a bit ahead of our time. May the Lord bless them. Then we have Brother Moses from Denver, Colorado. 
Then we have Brother Joey from Lima, Peru, from Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, we have plenty of greetings. One brother from the Philippines is also sending greetings. Then from Kathmandu, special greetings. Who knows where it is? the capital of Nepal, no problem. Then we have again greetings from Abidjan. Greetings from Abidjan. From Pakistan. Greetings from Ottawa, Canada. Greetings from Leskovac, from Serbia. Then Brother Pierre from the DRC. Yes, I hope that I read all of them. And if not, then the brethren, they shall just forgive us. And from this place, we are really greeting in the name of the Lord, all who are now listening. We have also prayer requests. We receive them from everywhere. And we will bring everything before the throne of grace of God. Then I have to give you a short report of the mighty India trip. You all know this was the first country outside of Europe which I visited and God brought forth fruit from 1964, from 1969, and from all these years, just remaining fruit he brought forth. And if then a ministering brother, who, who from the very beginning was there, and who who at the end of the service comes to the front because he listened also sometimes here and there. He then gave the testimony. Today we have again heard the pure and holy word of God. And this is just so nice that the word As, as the seed is being sown and that it springs up, that it brings forth fruit for eternity. This is, of course, the purpose of the proclamation of the word, that the people are called to the Lord. And as we always emphasized, we have to succeed by the help of God As the messengers in Christ's state, we have to succeed to connect the people with the Redeemer so that they personally make their salvation experiences. Let us be honest. What good is it if people are speaking of the messenger and didn't make any experience Of, a, of salvation, not knowing what is a conversion at all, not knowing 
what means a renewing, not knowing what the new birth is, not knowing what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. And then speaking a lot, lot of things, quoting statements of Brother Brenham, misunderstanding them, misinterpreting them, and then causing unrest. Also this, we have said it many times, every Bible doctrine connects us with God, connects us with one another, and is for the edification of the Church of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every false doctrine brings forth splits, separations, divisions, and tears the body of the Lord apart. According to our knowledge now, God has given all the ministries for the edification of the church. There is not one ministry which is meant for the destruction. Only Satan comes to destroy, to kill, and to disperse, as it is written in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Our Lord said it Himself. Now we have, in the word of introduction, we were reading rightly, and we heard it rightly. For the truth's sake, Second John, Second John, verse two. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth always in us and shall be in our midst forever. But if then Paul writes in Acts 20, those who went forth from our midst, they cannot, they, they cannot remain. They cannot remain. Not a single one who brings forth a wrong doctrine can remain in the true church of Jesus Christ. No. This is impossible. This is impossible. Both applies. The ones are remaining in the truth and the truth abides in our midst forever. But he who is not with the truth and who doesn't abide in the truth, he goes. He goes. He cannot remain any longer. And we there where the truth of the word is being proclaimed. And, and it remains forever the truth that we will not preach anything else but only the true word of God. I wrote it in the first circular letter in 1966. I chose it as the headline, God's word remains forever. God's word remains forever. The heaven and earth shall pass away. All the interpretations shall pass away. But the word of God remains forever. And we abide with the word in the grace until the end, until we come from believing unto seeing.
Today, we will not deal with false doctrines. Today, we have the Lord's Supper and we will deal with the redemption which was done for us. And by faith, we will accept and receive what God has prepared for us by grace. And to this, we will read a couple of scriptures. But before that, I would like to read the two places which speak about that God's people have to be gathered to hear His words from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Here it says in chapter 4, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 10 Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb when the Lord said unto me gather me the people together and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Gather me, my people. I will make them hear my words. For this reason we are gathered from near and far, not to hear interpretations, but we are gathered in the presence of God to hear the word of God which remains forever in us. And then we have Psalm 50, Psalm 50, which is well known to all of us, Psalm 50, verse 5 and 6. Gather my saints together unto me. Gather my faithful ones, my faithful ones, my saints, who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And then what? What, what, what does it say afterward? And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness. Of Abraham we read, that the faith which was given to him was accounted unto him for righteousness. Let us read it in Genesis, in chapter 15. Genesis, chapter 15, 
And Abraham believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. I looked it up once. Here the Hebrew word, listen closely, Amuna is written. And it's a combination of believing and trusting. Not just believing on the surface, but believing what God has said and having the confidence, the trust that He will fulfill what He said. This is a word combination in the Hebrew language. God has given both. He, he spoke and then He has given belief and trust. Abraham believed. He trusted. He knew that what God promised, this will take place. The same it is today with us. We not only have a general faith, and if we go to the epistle of James, there it says that even the devil believes and trembles. So, not some kind of faith or some kind of creed of faith, which a fellowship has, which a fellowship puts up. No! A faith, a confidence in God connected with the promises which God has given unto us and which He brings to fulfillment. And this distinguishes us really from all the others. You can go from country to country, from fellowship to fellowship. All are having their creeds and all are having their interpretations of the scripture. But the church of the Lord, the church of the firstborn, they have the connection to God, to the promises. She has the confidence in God that He will fulfill what He said. We are coming also today. We are not coming to the subject of today, perhaps tomorrow, but we are really living in a time where everything is coming to its climax and nobody has the solution and we all notice how the whole world is just, is just taken captive. And the best example was, of course, the visit of the Pope in the UK. And every time when some, some kind of a state visit takes place in the UK, then the Queen goes ahead and the invited head of state follows her. This time, it was the other way around. The Pope was going ahead, and the Queen is uh, duckling behind it, behind him. And if one sees that like this, if one really sees that like this, then, then, 
Then, then, then comes the revelation. Then all the chapters are coming in, into the heart which speak of what will happen at the end. And then we are really, we are again grateful to know that the elect cannot be deceived. We are not following any man, also not any prophet, and not any apostle. We are followers of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we have dedicated our lives to Him, which He purposed. And we may walk in His footsteps. Now, in Romans chapter 4, we have then the confirmation of Paul. Which was addressed to Abraham. Romans 4, verse 3. And we are just so grateful for the New Testament, for everything, what was written down, so that we can have teaching by His grace. Here it is. In Romans, chapter 4, in verse 3, For what saith the Scripture? This, is, this was a long time ago our subject. What does the Scripture say to a Bible subject? What does the Scripture say to the return of Jesus Christ our Lord? And the word return in connection with the coming of the Lord is written 19 times. 19 times is the word return written. And 19 times we are told what will take place when the return of Jesus Christ will take place. We are just so grateful and again grateful for the teaching of the Word, for the insight. Yes, one could say into all the Bible subjects. And if we say into the mysteries of God, as they were revealed to us in this time, which of course happened by the ministry of Brother Brenham. But if we look at it carefully, then Brother Brenham was a man just like we are. Elijah was just a man as we are. And when the trouble came over him, then he went into the desert. He put even his head between his knees and he wanted to die. A man like we, that's how it is written. Elijah was a man just as we are. Brother Brenham was a man just as we are. But in the moment when the gift, when the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit was setting in, and what happened with our Lord and what did repeat with Brother Brenham? Our Lord, at that time, He said, not I do these works, 
but the Father who is in me, He is doing His works. And in the same way, it was, of course, with Brother Branham. He was standing helpless on the platform and, and he said, you all know, I'm waiting for something. I'm waiting for the angel of the Lord. I'm waiting for the presence of God. And suddenly he says, now he's here on the platform. So, not William Branham did great things, but God did great things. And he could use a man for it. Only vessels, holy master, but filled with thy power. As the German song goes, let, let us have a biblically placed, placed mind so that we not glorify any man, but that we give all the glory to the mighty God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this throughout all eternity. So, Abraham had a belief, a faith, which was connected with a confidence, with a trust, a blessed assurance to know that that what God said will come to fulfillment. Then we have in Romans chapter 4, chapter verse 17, Romans 4 verse 17, as it is written, before that we read, what does the scripture say? And here we read, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Abraham didn't look on himself. He didn't look to Sarah. Not on the old bodies. He looked on the invisible as he would see him. And he trusted God that he will fulfill what he has promised. Then comes the transition to us, verse 18, in Romans 4, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to the promise Oh, blessed be the Lord. I hope that the term promise just becomes great for us. Really great for us. According to the promise, so shall thy seed be. Also for us tonight, we have various troubles. 
And if one listens into the world, also into, into the believing world, everywhere there are troubles and problems. Everywhere are needs. Today we are here to take God at His word. Today we are here to have an experience with God. Today we are here to have a quiet trust, a quiet confidence in God, a blessed assurance that God will do what He promised. And we have the promise, Behold, I am with you all the days until the end of the world. Then, in verse 19, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He, he, he considered it, yes, but he didn't spend time with it. But he, in a silent trust, he believed that God will do it in such a way just as he has promised it. And then we have it in verse 20. He saw his body and he saw the body of Sarah. Nevertheless, he staggered not at the promise of God at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief makes you crazy. It makes you crazy. Belief, the faith, is triumphant. Faith is the victory which has overcome the world. And what is, what is written? This is our faith. Our faith is the victory which has overcome the world. If we then go to Hebrews chapter 11, here Paul, we all, we all think that Paul has written the epistles to the Hebrews because he went here into details which a fisherman didn't know. But here, in all the epistles, he showed us the Old Testament with all the sacrifices and then the, one, uh, the New Testament with the one sacrifice. He showed it to us. And he, he truly, 21 times, he listed, in one single chapter, he listed 21 cases, what happened to people who trusted God, what they experienced. Here, in Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Here we have the Hebrew word. Here we have the Hebrew word. The faith is a confidential, it's a blessed assurance. It's not, it, it's not hanging in the air somewhere. No, it's connected to the promises. And as we read it here, 
Now, faith is the blessed assurance to that what God promised. Let us read it. Let us read verse 1 in Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance, the blessed assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Oh, hallelujah. Being fully convinced. Nothing is, is, is moving, is shaking. Faith is a revelation. It's a trust, a confidence in God. An assurance to what He has said. We will mention it a couple of times still. This really distinguishes us from all the others in this time. That we not, not only speak of a general Christian faith, of this all the others are speaking already we are speaking of that faith which is anchored in the promises of God it's, a, it's, a giving, it's giving us a blessed assurance to God that whatever he promised that he will fulfill it let us just let us just be happy about it brothers and sisters that God has taken the responsibility for the fulfillment of what he has said just imagine when the Lord said to Abraham twice around this time next year I come again and then your wife will have the son around this time he even mentioned the time around this time next year I come again and then your wife will have the son and what happened it happened just as the Lord said it and then God made the covenant with Abraham. He has given the covenant of circumcision to remind on the original sin. We will, we will not go into details. But everywhere is the plan of salvation foreshadowed in all of the Old Testament. Already as a red, as a red uh, line, Abraham, David, all the experiences which they had, everywhere there is the plan of salvation in the natural history already recorded, foreshadowed. Today, we have the Lord's Supper. It was really upon my heart to say this here with a true faith, to confess it and to illuminate it from the origin. Faith and trust. Faith is a blessed assurance to what God said, what He promised. And we all know that all the promises of God are yea and amen. And through Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
and through us they find their fulfillment, must find fulfillment. Every promise which God made will come to fulfillment. Today, in view to the Lord's Supper, let me read a couple of scriptures because this is the kernel of what's all about the center Paul who carried the divine message who has written the teaching to the churches who spoke about gifts of the spirit who dealt with the resurrection with all kinds of subjects this Paul said I wanted among you I didn't want to know anything among you just just Jesus Christ the crucified one and not only that but I was crucified with Christ and now I live no longer but Christ who lives in me. <laughs> Brother Brenham, he made a couple of statements. I just read two or three of the token which we as the believing man people received by the Holy Spirit if we are part of the blood flock. Here Brother Brenham says, Oh, just take it seriously. We should love one another. We should, we should be in such love towards one another. Never speak evil one about the other. If somebody makes a mistake, then quickly pray for him. Because, because we are all standing as one man before God. Brothers and sisters, also internationally, we are making up the body of the Lord. We are members on the body of Jesus Christ. If it is written in the Old Testament, in Psalms, a body thou hast prepared for me, then he as the Redeemer he came into this body, but he gave his sacrifice, and his church, which makes up his body, he redeemed, so that by his church he can be again at work on the earth. Then we read on here, in this quote, we are brothers and sisters. Oh, live a godly life. Live as it behooves for children of God. Live as sons of God in a kind way. Humbly, let nothing evil come into your mind or in your thinking but rather reject it. Reject it 
whenever it knocks at your door. What did Eve had to make? Not, not stopping at all, not listening at all. And not only for one moment, not for one moment she should have listened. She should have walked on and she should have remained with Adam nicely and then nothing would have happened. But God, of course, He wanted it that way so that He can... He, he created man in, in a way he could fall to then give the redemption out of the fall so that we can be in both realms at the same time. The fallible man was only for the one who walked on the earth. But in the resurrection, in the resurrection, will be connected with both realms at the same time. And also this, we will, not come, we will not come to the detail now. But here, Brother Branham says in the second quote, you should love one another. The believers should separate from the world. Don't take it lightly anymore. You people who you are listening to, to the tapes, you men and you women, listen closely. If you ever believed me, then believe me now. It is high time to stop with a quarreling amongst one another. Believe the message of the Bible. Believe Jesus Christ. Love, honor, and esteem one another. Men, love your wives and your families. Bring your house together. Because the lamb was slaughtered for all the family, not only for one. The whole house had to be brought together and all, all should be inside of the house. All should be inside. We should love one another. Yes. And as believers, we should separate from the world. Now one quote where he speaks of the blood and of the life. Quote, in Romans 8, verse 1, it says, Now, there's now, therefore now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Here, not those are addressed who believe in Him, but those who are in Christ Jesus. Many are saying they believe, but they are not in the Word, not in the will of God, not in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And therefore, Brother Bram speaks it out clearly. Not only those who believe in Him, but those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
Jesus said, Jesus said, My words are spirit and life. Yes, and here he says, Oh, if I could, if I could take this as a text and speak another two hours about it. No condemnation anymore. No condemnation anymore to all who by the Spirit are baptized into one body. Therein the blood of the Lamb has finished the purpose that the God of heaven has received you and, li and lives your life in you. The life is and came through the blood. Also about, about this we spoke. We went to Le Leviticus 17 from verse 11 to verse 14 and we read these various scriptures. Our Lord and Redeemer has given His blood and life. And if we today at this place are celebrating the Lord's Supper in memorial, and please remember 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this do in remembrance of me until I come. In my remembrance of me until I come. If, when people believe that the Lord has come already, this is, this, it's a fact, then no Lord's Supper is necessary. Then all these biblical teachings are falling away. And then they put up the doctrine and they caused great damage. So, we are celebrating the Lord's Supper until He comes. And then, together, we will celebrate the wonderful marriage supper of the Lamb. As the promise was given to us, I will not drink of the, of the fruit of the wine anymore until I drink it anew together with you in the kingdom of my Father. Just so nice that we have the word of God as a lamp unto our feet, that we may believe every word. And if we at this place are testifying that to, to believe every word, to believe as the, as the scripture says, then this must apply in any case. And if it applies in all of us, then just say Amen. Amen. The whole world shall hear it. At this place, every word is believed as the Scripture has said it. Now, a word addressed to all who are heavy laden, addressed to all who are coming to the Lord, whether they are here now or whether they are somewhere in the audience. All 
who are joined with us in the grace and love of God. Let us read a couple of scriptures which show us what the Lord at that time did. And we believe that He is still doing it today. I read from Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, Let us receive this offer. Who is not heavy laden today? Who? Who is not? And the enemy has always the same tactic, trick. He has tools which he can use so that we are coming into trouble. And here we have to be very careful, pay attention, that we resist the enemy. But let us just accept this offer. Dear brother, dear sister, precious children of God, today the Lord speaks to you, to me, to all of us. Come unto me, all ye, that labor and are heavy laden. Perhaps, perhaps people put a heavy burden upon you. Perhaps they accused you. Whatever they have done to you, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now just be honest. Why do we suffer? We are suffering because we are true followers of Jesus Christ. And until today, until today, we didn't, we didn't slander any brother and will not slander him forever. But false brothers are slandering and they are continuing to do so. And it's always manifested. Also the life of God, whether the life of God is, is in us, or whether we have become pious people without that we made the experiences of salvation with our God. Let us read verse 29 once again. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Learn of me. Where is the lesson here? Everything what they did to our Lord, this they did also to him. What, what, what they could do. They gave him titles and they called him 
all kinds of things as, as no man on earth. They said, he has a devil, he is possessed. Oh, what did they tell them? Tell him. And he walked as a lamb to the slaughter. And he didn't open his mouth. And now the Lord says, Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. How many know what a yoke is? Did you see two oxes joined with a yoke? You are all a young generation. A yoke is a kind of thing which is put upon two oxes and these two oxes have to walk in lockstep. Otherwise, otherwise it doesn't work. In as much they walk, they know exactly in what kind of uh, step they have to walk. Take my yoke upon you. He there and I there. And his yoke is resting on us. Learn of me. I didn't defend myself. I didn't open my mouth. I didn't accuse when I was accused. But I walked my way and I left everything to him who judges justly. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and you shall find rest unto your souls. Only then, only then we will find rest unto our souls. In Matthew chapter 9, Matthew 9, in verse 35, we read, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Here we have a mighty word. Our Lord went from city to city, from village to village, and was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he was healing every sickness and every disease. To this, two scriptures. Matthew 10, verse 1. Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Here the word authority is written, power. He has given authority, power. And when we speak out his word, in his word is the divine authority. In his word is the divine power. Then not we are the ones who are healing. 
then we are the ones who are proclaiming healing and whoever believes experiences it. One time, Brother Brenham had people who wanted to know more than necessary. And they said, you are calling yourselves a divine healer. And then Brother Brenham's answer was, you who, who you are preaching the salvation of the soul, should I call you the Savior, if you preach salvation, then of course Jesus Christ is the Savior. You are only the preachers. And the same it is with the healing. We are preaching the whole counsel of God. And it will be manifested that Jesus Christ is in our midst and that He will confirm His word. That's how it is written in Mark, in the last chapter. And this is still valid today and forever. Mark, chapter 16, let us read verse 19 and 20. So then after, that, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. And now comes that part which until today finds fulfillment. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. This has to take place. And it will take place. The full restoration must bring us back into the original stand. And it must find fulfillment. They went and preached everywhere. They went forth. In the moment I went forth, according to the commission of the Lord, and the message, to bring the message into all the world. With a direct commission to not establish any local churches. Yes. But go from city to city and preach my word. But at the end, at the end it must come to the point that the Lord in every city, in every meeting, He manifests His presence. Not only giving the last call, the last message of separation and preparation. Right at the end, a prepared, a restored church must be there as at the beginning where it will be fulfilled, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. 
In portion, we experienced it. But in the fullness, in the fullness, it will be manifested by grace. That what happened through the ministry of the messenger, everything will take place. The full restoration will find its place. And the Lord will have the victory. And we together with him. Now the places which speak of the redemption, which is very precious to us, the redemption by the blood of the Lamb. Let us just read the places. Let us deepen ourselves. Colossians 1, Colossians 1, verse 19 to 22. Colossians 1, verse 19 to 22. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. The great day of reconciliation of God with mankind. God was in Christ and has reconciled the world with himself. We are reconciled. Our sin is forgiven. The blood was shed. Verse 21 and 22. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled you in the body of his flesh through his death, in his body of his flesh, through his death he reconciled you to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. What was impossible with men has become possible through the grace of God. We who didn't deserve anything but wrath, who were given over to death, we were reconciled with God. We received the forgiveness of all our sins. And as Brother Brennan was reading from Romans 8, there's now, now no condemnation for them anymore who are in Christ Jesus, who are not walking in their own ways, but who are walking in the ways of the Lord. And not only reconciliation, not only forgiveness and full salvation, but 
to, by the one sacrifice, to place us as holy, unblameable, unreprovable, to be in His sight. And now I want to know whether our faith is connected with trust, whether we can believe, and whether we have the confidence, not looking on us, not looking on our infirmities, but just looking, believing, and trusting that at the return of the Lord will be a bright church without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb, sealed with the Holy Spirit, unblameable, unreprovable, holy, standing in His sight, not before you, not before me, not before one another, holy and unblameable, unreprovable, standing in His sight. I believe it. I believe it that the redeemed church by the blood of the Lamb is so pure or so washed white that no spot is remaining. And all of us who we believe this what God has done for us, we may experience it by His grace. Receive it by faith. Now the word from Peter, just belonging to the redemption and to what happened for us. From First Peter, chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, Verse 21 to 23. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again, and when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. And now comes the wonderful thing. Who in his who who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. This is a wonderful gospel. This is the full gospel. Then verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd 
and overseer of your souls. Our conversion must be to our Lord and Savior. He is our shepherd. One more scripture from Revelation. It's just wonderful how we in the summary in Revelation chapter 5 are not having not, not only the 24 elders and the living creatures playing their harps and praising God. Verse 9 Verse 9 included all of us into the praise of the redemption. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 And they sang a new song saying Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And then in verse 10 we are told what we will be after the marriage supper and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. We are a people of kings and priests and together with our Lord when he has put up his kingdom, we shall reign together with him on the earth. Let us summarize of what it was about today. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, full salvation of the soul, perfect justification, unreprovable, unblameable, standing in His sight. Everything by grace and by faith and in confidence we may receive it and we may do as Abraham did. He didn't look on himself. He didn't look on his wife. Just do the same. Don't look on yourself. Don't look on your wife. Don't look on anyone. On nothing. Just look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. To the Lord. Who finished the work. And who cried out on the cross of Calvary. It is finished. He pulled out the stink of death. He bruised the head of the serpent. And he has given us the full salvation by his grace. When we celebrate today the Lord's Supper, then just in this atmosphere of victory, even, even you are 
a little bit heavy laden. As we read in Matthew 11, all ye that are laboring and heavy laden, you who are having some kind of problems and troubles, just come unto me. Put off, put off, bring everything to the cross and put it there. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is meek. It, 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 it doesn't hurt. Nobody will, be, will have a bruised shoulder. Nobody will have a bruised shoulder. His yoke is meek. And if, you, if we are in lockstep with him, then he will give grace. Yes. Then the, the lockstep comes. His yoke is meek. It's easy. If other people are putting a yoke upon other people, oh my goodness. But his, his yoke is meek and his burden is easy. Brothers and sisters, just receive it. Receive it. It's ours. That what was given to us in Jesus Christ our Lord, this is ours. We are redeemed. We have become God's own possession for time and for eternity. Amen. We will read just now the words. We will ask the sisters to come and to sing us a fitting song. And then we will come to the second part and we will celebrate the Lord's Supper. What shall we sing? What kind of so chorus? Oh, the blood so precious for me. Wird 
dir's ganz zu teil. Nichts kannst du machen mehr. Er hat's gemacht. Es ist vollbracht. Es ist vollbracht. O Wort des Sieges, wenn mir der Satan naht, blick ich zum Helden, der ihn zertreten hat. In Jesu Wunden bin ich erlöst und frei, sein lauter Todesruf ist nun mein Siegerschrei. Nicht soll mich fesseln mehr des Feindes Macht. Es ist vollbracht, es ist vollbracht. Jesu, mein Heiland, dir sag ich Preis und Dank, o Überwinder, hör meinen Lobgesang. In deine Gnade fühl ich mich tief hinein. In deinem teuren Blut bin ich gerecht und rein. Er sei dem Lamm das Rief, da es geschlacht, es ist vollbracht, es ist vollbracht. Amen. Amen. I read, before we'll bring the supper here, I read from 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. And then we can all examine ourselves in the presence of God. But please, in the light of the word which was proclaimed today, that a full redemption has taken place, full justification, that we are unblameable, unreprovable by the blood of the Lamb. We were justified. And as Brother Brenham, he said it a couple of times, as if we would have never sinned, as we would never have done any trespass, the redemption is so perfect. All of the past, it was blotted out. And He has given us eternal life by His grace. Today, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper 
in this faith, in this trust, the work is finished. Paul writes in the name of the Lord, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, we take a time of prayer in the sight of God. May all, also those who are here for the first time, may all the newcomers and all who are quite some time settled in the word of truth, may all be blessed. And may this be an hour of consecration that we dedicate our lives anew unto the Lord. And just as He has given Himself for us fully, so that we also in return may surrender our whole life unto Him, being crucified with Him, being buried with Him, raising with Him unto a new life by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection was the triumph over death, devil and hell, and the victory was manifested thereby, the victory of Calvary. All who are here, may they partake of it. Receive by faith the reconciliation, the forgiveness, the grace and the full salvation, the full justification. Receive it and the Lord will confirm His word and what happened for us. He will confirm it in all of us. Blessed and praised be our God. Did you believe the sermon? Did you receive what the Lord gave us? Then just be blessed with every blessing of God which was in heavenly places and which was given to us in Jesus Christ. Oh, what a grace. Oh, what a privilege 
has God given unto us to be His own possession and to be sanctified in the truth, to abide in the truth, and the truth abides in us. Hallelujah. May now all be blessed who will partake of it. Brother Kukachka, you will write left and the brothers here and there, you will distribute.